Hello and welcome to the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Kristen and Rebecca. This is a podcast where we talk about glam, glitz, and what life is really like with a crown. This is a podcast for those girls who have inhaled more hairspray than they have oxygen. Rebecca, have you tried the orange Celsius? Um, you mean the official drink of pageant girls everywhere? I mean, but the orange one. <laughs> well, my favorite is the one that had pomegranate something. Oh, see, I really like the orange one. And I don't like orange anything because I feel like it tastes artificial. But something about the Celsius flavors don't. It's so refreshing. And then it gives me that little like little boost that I need. Totally. Especially like right before your workout, right before your week, pageant weekend, whatever it is, gives you that extra little boost of energy you need. I know. And it doesn't make me crash. Way or like, jittery. Yeah. The way that some other ones will, it just is this like long lasting energy. It's the best. It was, it actually is what kept me going through Mrs. America week. Every time I see any girl competing in a pageant, whether it's during pageant prep or during pageant weekend, they have a Celsius in hand. Well, I'm certainly a fan. I still drink them. My husband likes them too, but I get mad when he steals them. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Rebecca and Kristen, and we have an amazing surprise for you today. We have Christy Clark, the new Mrs. American, about to go to Mrs. World here in just a couple of months. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I have been waiting to be on your show, so I'm so excited. Christy, we are just absolutely thrilled to have you. Tell us a little bit about what the past couple of weeks have been like since you've gotten the crown and sash and gotten the title. What's this past few weeks just kind of been like? Oh my goodness. It's been quite a whirlwind. So um, it's just been filled with getting ready for Mrs. World, uh, making sure I have all the attire I need and doing all the fun glam things and choosing a costume to represent um, the United States. So it has really, really been an absolute whirlwind, but filled with so much joy. Are you a pageant veteran? What has your pageant journey sort of looked like up till now? So no, I'm not. In fact, I'm kind of a newbie, I guess you'd say. The only pageant that I have ever done before I went to state um, in South Carolina um, I did the Miss Teen Wisconsin, which was the USA system, um, back when I was 14. So I had never done a pageant before. I had moved to Wisconsin briefly with my family. My dad was transferred there for a little bit, about a year and a half. And my mom thought, well, you know, let's do something kind of fun. And so I did this pageant and, you know, had a blast with it. It was so fun, but never really thought of doing another one until I went through breast cancer and then decided to do um, Mrs. South Carolina. So no, I am absolutely not a veteran. And you were awarded the title of Mrs. South Carolina American on your first try in South Carolina, correct? That's correct. Which I think is a huge accomplishment. South Carolina is a very competitive state. The galleys run a very competitive pageant. What was your first year there like? Um, well, I love the galleys. That The whole experience has been wonderful. Um, I, I just knew that I wanted to do something, um, and I knew I wanted to do that pageant. So 
uh, did that. And going to state was, I was Mrs. Capital City, which was wonderful because I live in Chapin right outside of Columbia and went to the University of South Carolina right in Columbia. So being Mrs. Capital City was such an honor to represent the state and the Midlands. And, you know, I felt just like so honored to be a part of that. And then going to Mrs. Um, South Carolina and standing there with Jennifer Tolbert um, when it came down to the two of us and she was American, I was American. It, it was absolutely um, just absolutely amazing. And, and I was so honored to represent South Carolina. And then you went to nationals. We have both been to nationals, Kristen and I. We've talked a lot about our nationals experience at the Westgate. Tell us a little bit about your nationals experience. I mean, how great is the Westgate and, and how great <laughs> is Elaine Marmel? I mean, that family is just wonderful. And so you have uh, going with my Sash sisters. So going with um, the North Carolina Queens, my roommate was um, Kyla, who is Mrs. North Carolina American and just the sweetest person on the planet. And having all of my, you know, Miss um, Sydney Ford and Ruby Durham, Tanisha Che, I mean, all of them um, with me at um, Nationals, it was such an incredible, incredible experience for me. And um, we spent 10 days just at the Westgate and going to the Elvis suite. And I mean, I felt like I was on cloud nine. I mean, how great is it if people will stop and ask you for pictures and you go to the desert and have these amazing photo shoots. So I absolutely loved it. I have to recognize and just give you a little shout out for your killer reels during Nationals Week. You're killing it. <laughs> I got to I got to give Kyla credit with that because Kyla and I like, she is just so fun and we were roommates so we were having the best time with reels and i just yeah it, it made the week even more special because you had all these great memories that you were able to like put in these great reels and relive them and just have a wonderful time and showcase how great the westgate and the experience actually is now christy we were sitting just a couple rows back so we actually got to see you really up close there when we were watching you at mrs american so it comes down to the final question which you are such a beautifully spoken person i just want to throw that out there i know it's hard to even do that on stage but you still spoke so eloquently about you know your platform the blonde bombshell and kind of your how that is more your journey through breast cancer how is your health Mm -hmm. now doing great so i am a survivor i'm a two and a half year survivor and thriver and so um, everything has been great since treatment and just, I'm very, very blessed that I'm on this side of things. So i um, absolutely, um, just honored and, and thankful that I am on this side of the, of the journey. Real quick. We have to, we cannot skip over that costume award. Yeah. Because I feel like that, 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 we have, we can't, we, I mean, we were so blown away by that costume. And I feel like we have to give a little credit because I think your husband and several members of your family, right, are veterans. And that was kind of a nod to that whole side of your family. Yeah. yeah so my husband is actually active military. Well, he's Army Reserves. He's a lieutenant colonel um, in the Army Reserves and has been for 25 years. And so um, when I was trying to choose a costume for South Carolina, we have many military bases here and over 400,000 veterans. So 
it just felt right to honor that. My dad is a um, Navy veteran and I have many uncles that veterans. So it felt correct to honor them and pay homage to all the wonderful veterans we have here in South Carolina. So I came up with that. I sort of in my head designed it and talked with my pageant coach, Cyrus Brakes, who I just adore. And he was like, heck yeah, let's do it. And so I actually uh, made that costume myself with the um, help of an awesome wing company that comes from Ukraine that helped me with the wings and, and designed those for me. But it turned out so wonderful. And the way it looked on stage, my husband helped me with the salute. And so um, I was so honored to wear that. It was, it was great. I was going to ask if your husband helped you do your salute because it looked very official when you did it. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. Well, yeah, he helped me and we practiced it a few times and then I came out in it and I felt just so, I don't know. I felt so confident in the, in wearing that and just so like, wow, I, the military is just so near and dear to my heart. So I felt awesome in it and then had these amazing Eagle wings that were red, white, and blue. And I put the patches on for each of them. And, and, you know, when I did the salute, it just felt good and, um, and, and right. And so I was really, I wasn't really expecting to win any award for the costume at all because there were so many fabulous costumes. Um, but that was, that was just such a, that was a shock to me, but just, I loved it. And then backing up even further, I was down with all the contestants when you were all coming down for interview. And I distinctly remember turning over to the left and seeing this beautiful blonde bombshell in this teal (laughs) one shoulder jumpsuit, looking down the hall and just being frozen, like thinking, oh, wow, that girl is stunning. And knowing immediately, like you were somebody that... I did not know, but I immediately recognized as somebody who was a standout. And Aww. I've been somebody who's been around pageants for a long time. And sometimes you just recognize a girl that has kind of a net factor. And I talked right afterwards to several girls and or women, I guess. And I was like, oh, South Carolina, she, she looks amazing. Wait till you Aww. see her interview outfit. So how did you choose that stunning jumpsuit for interview? Well, that's kind of a funny story. So that's an Ashley where I could like have an entire, like my wardrobe could be her. I just love everything she does. And I'm tall. So I'm five, nine without heels. So I, I like the jumpsuit look on me. It just always has done well. And, um, I actually for state wore a beautiful Giovanni, um, two piece, um, pantsuit. It was gorgeous. And I loved it. But um, one of the feedback when I asked the judges for feedback, um, I had come in that jumpsuit to my after party. And when I walked in, holy cow, whatever you do, you need to wear that for your interview. And I would have never, I mean, I wore a white, gorgeous Giovanni suit for my um, interview at State. But when they had said, no, that's it, I wore it. And then I got so many compliments on it that I was like, okay, you know, this is good. And they just really liked the color. And And I felt really, really good in it. And I felt like I could sit well in it. And it just looked, made me look taller even than I am. So that was, that was something that I really just took judges feedback from and and went with it. 
I think it also really accentuated your very standout in pageantry short hairstyle, which a lot of people also message me personally about because I also rock a short hair hairstyle. And they were like, oh my gosh, South Carolina American kind of reminds me of you with that short hair. And I was I like, I will it. take that as a compliment. Although I look nothing like her, I'll take it. So tell us a little bit, were you at all pressured or felt like you should get extensions or were you like, absolutely not. I love the short hair. I'm not changing it. So, um, it, truth be told, I was a girl that wore a, the bob sort of haircut forever. And then, um, many years ago, probably six years ago, I chopped it all off to this point everybody said and so I loved my pixie and I would wear that and then when I had cancer and started to lose um a good bit of my hair it was something about that time where I just wanted to grow it out again and I was like I just needed that I don't know what it was it was just something mentally I was like you know I really want to grow it so I started growing out my hair and that was when I decided to do state so my hair was shorter than it was and I wore it um in sort of these curls for one portion and then I wore it in the bob stick straight and again judges feedback were like holy cow I love your hair like that do not ever change it so as my hair started growing I liked that more blunt bob and so I kept it for nationals um and they were all like do not get extensions like you this is your look you need to keep it so I went there very confident in it and had a fantastic hair and makeup girl um, Chelsea Sorrell. So I, she was just phenomenal. And making sure as my sweet sass sister, Ruby Durham says, the Bob is bobbin. So I would always, <laughs> I, I love her. And so, no, I just, I felt real confident, but I think it was because I've always had a shorter haircut and mm -hmm. I've always had the fruit of the Bob. So yeah, I was really confident in it. Well, it looked fantastic. I, it was definitely something that set you apart, I think, especially because you were so confident in who you are, your journey, and what led you to be there for that weekend. Or I Thank guess you. not just weekend, but the whole right. 10 days. <laughs> right, right. Okay, Kristen, now you can talk about that final question. We cannot just skip over all the important things I wanted to talk about <laughs> about the pageant. I like hearing about all that stuff too. I, I'm glad you're like you jumping. You were like, let's jump straight to final question. We're sitting there. We're the top final top three moment. I'm like, wait, 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 back up. We have many more pageant week <laughs> things to talk about. No, it has never been my responsibility of this podcast to keep us on track for anything. I <laughs> am here for the color of it all. That's it. So you keep us on track and then I'll ask whatever question I want to. <laughs> final three. Okay. We're here. We're here to the final. Well, and you got to stand up there with my sister, Queen, Stephanie. Stephanie. I love Stephanie. I love her. She is gorgeous inside and out. You cut you out know? again, Kristen. Because my husband. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah. Yeah, we can. Yeah. You know, you know why I you know why that's happening? Your husband is getting caught. Yes. Matt keeps calling me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, what is happening? I don't know. You know I heard husband. I, no, I know why. Because he got, oh, he's locked out of the house. <laughs> oh, maybe you should let him in. I thought he wanted me to come. He got a new truck and I know he just pulled in with it and he's been waiting for it. He like pre-ordered this thing and <laughs> I thought he wanted me to see his truck. No, he doesn't care if I see his truck. He just wants to be locked in the house. Okay, so you're, you guys, it's all three of you up there. It's the final three. I love the way you answered the question. 
but I also even more so loved her gown and I need to know who designed it because it was very unique in my opinion. Thank you. It was a Porsche and Scarlet. Um, (gasps) absolutely love them. And believe it or not, I saw that gown. Um, I knew I did not want to wear my state gown. I love my state gown. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful gown, um, Sherry Hill. Um, and then, um, but I wanted something different and I didn't, I just could not, everything I tried on this, I was like, no, no, no. Everybody wanted me to wear my state gown. I was like, no, I'm not feeling it. So I actually saw that gown online at Portia and Scarlet and, um, Myrtle in Myrtle Beach, we have a place called the Foxy Lady and they ordered it for me sight on scene. They were like, girl, if I, we ordered it as yours, I was like, I know, I just know, I know this is going to be it. And so it was perfect and just fit my personality so well. I loved it. Well, we loved that it had that icy blue color. It wasn't what we are so used to seeing on the Vegas stage of just the stark white. So yes. we were such a fan of it. We loved that we saw lots of color on the American stage and we were very excited about that. Tell us a little bit about that final moment you were awarded the first runner-up award you how did you kind of feel in that moment going home what was that sort of whole position like I know first runner-up is probably the hardest feeling you can walk away with you know it's funny because everybody said that and maybe it's because I'm not the typical pageant girl you know kind of this being really one of my first um second pageant and so as as I was there, um, we met with, I had a wonderful performance coach and he would always talk about, um, you know, only focusing on the things that you can change. You can't change what uh, people think about you. You can't change what judges are going to think about you, but you can leave everything out there and you can have fun. And honestly, I did like that whole week. I was not nervous. I just had a ball. I loved working with, um, Fred and Frat. Like it was just such a wonderful time all together. And when, I um, walked out there and when I was announced, so I was announced on um, top 15 and I was number 13. I mean, I was sweating. Yes. I was like, oh my gosh. So when I was called, I was like, that was my goal. Like going out there and not and being with these amazing, amazing women who um, just have done such a great job. I mean, they were all so, so beautiful. And I just want to make the top 15. I was like, I will feel like I really did something. And so I made the top 15 and then I was called first in top six. And I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to have to answer a question. And I knew I was going to have to be the first to answer the question. So did that, which was great. And I was shocked then when I was top three, I was like, oh my goodness. And it was really a surreal moment. It was sort of that I was just living in the moment, like truly in the moment. I was just there and, and like, wow, this is so great. And then I knew another question was coming and I answered it. It was about social media, which was funny because I did that thing about the reel. You know, I was like, I like a good yes. reel. <laughs> and, and, you, and it was so honest. And anybody who'd been following you knew it was true. Yeah, I heard people laughing. I was like, you know, I just like a good reel. And so I answered that. And um, then I stood there uh, when Stephanie was called. I was shocked. Um, you know, she was second runner up. I was like, oh, my gosh. So I knew it came down to the uh, two of us, New Jersey and myself. And um, I walked over and held her hand and told her, you got this girl. And um, you just sort of sat there. And so when I was called, there wasn't any like bad feeling. It was just, there was that moment of, oh man, you know, I was like, I remember being like, don't call my name. And I was like, oh man. But honestly, 
I had felt, holy cow, like I'm, this is amazing. I really felt that way. I, I didn't cry. There wasn't any hurt feelings. I was so excited to have been there. I went down right after and hugged my husband and my dad and stepmom and um, my children. And it was just such a wonderful, wonderful moment. Um, I felt great. Like it, it was, it was great. Then you went home and we've both talked about on the podcast, you crushed it. You kept being Miss South Carolina American. You yes. kept working. You didn't take a beat. I felt like you were still yes. doing all the things you'd been doing leading up to nationals. You kept doing it after. And then um, for personal reasons, um, Mrs. American, who was crowned, had to resign. And you got a probably very shocking call, I'm going to guess. Tell us about that moment. (laughs) I did. So honestly, I got to be honest with this. This y'all, y'all are getting breaking news from me. We've been Uh, waiting to hear this. I I can't tell you how long we wanted to hear this story. So I'll give you the the honest version. And my girls, my, my uh, stash sisters love y'all in North Carolina and South Carolina. They're going to love this uh, because they laugh every time I tell a story and and we never talk about this, but, um, so I get this phone call at 10 o'clock at night, and it is a FaceTime call from my sash sisters who we lovingly call each other's circle of trust. So my girls call me, and they're FaceTiming me. And I'm like, I'm talking on the phone, and I'm like laying in bed. I'm like, what are, why are they, fa-? like, we never FaceTime. So I'm like, why are they FaceTiming me? So I am laying there in bed, and I get these messages. Answer your phone, answer your phone, answer your phone. So I switch over and I'm like, y'all, and they're screaming. And I'm like, what are y'all doing? And they're saying, something is going on. The pictures have been taken down. Something's going on. Have you heard anything? I was like, no. And then I said, y'all are punking me. And they're like, like that would be so mean. Like, no, we're not. And I'm like, stop. And they're like, they are literally, like, Kyla is jumping up and down. I mean, you, it was the cutest. I wish I could have videoed that moment because, if you ever wanted to know if people who don't know what, what true, true sisters in this world are like, these girls are it. I mean, these are girls that were screaming and saying, there's something going on. You're going to get a call. I know it. I know it. I know it. Oh, we love you. I mean, it was just the coolest moment in my life. And we hung up and I don't hear anything. Did you and just then, look at your husband and say, I don't know what's happening? I looked at my husband and I was like, this is what's going on. And he's like, stop. And he's so excited. He is awesome. He is such a supporter and just like, oh my gosh. But I was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm I'm not going to even think that way because I've heard nothing. No, you know, just maybe they're just switching pictures out. Like, you know, just like, I'm correct. Right. And so, um, two o'clock the next day, my director FaceTime me. So Fred and Wendy FaceTime me and they have somebody videoing and I'm like, what is going on? And they're like, did you say that you're not going to go watch Miss World? And I was like, no, I'm not. And they're like, but you are going to Miss World. I was like, what? They're like, you're the new Mrs. American. <laughs> so great. So it was, it was such a surreal moment. And it was a kind of hurry up and wait, like you got to hurry up and do all this stuff, but we got to get a crown to you and a sash to you. And so um, Shaylin Ford, the most beautiful Mrs. World. I mean, oh gosh, I love her. And she reached out to me and Rachel Fincher reached out to me and 
I mean, it was just absolutely, they were amazing and so sweet. And Stephanie in Ohio reached out to me and was so excited. And I said, well, girl, that means you're first runner up. (laughs) So all this happens and you went from, I mean, I know you still went home and you were working and still being, Mm -hmm. you know, the title holder that you're supposed to be for your whole reign. But I mean, you went into probably a little more relaxed mode, right? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, shoot, now I got to ramp back up again that all right so like what's that like that up down up down in a way but um so here's kind of this silver lining in it um so with my cancer diagnosis and then um I take a a drug called letrozole and so it is most people are familiar with tamoxifen so it's a 10-year cancer drug that um hopefully keeps cancer from reoccurring and so I'm on this letrozole and what letrozole does is make your joints hurt really bad. I mean, there are days in the beginning where I would get out of bed and I'd look like, like I was elderly and could hardly walk. Like I, it wasn't like five minutes. I had to walk around and kind of get my joints moving. Very, very painful. Um, but working out in that weight bearing and working out with a trainer, like I was for state and the nationals, um, made a massive improvement so much so that I don't have any of those, um, that, that those issues any longer, which is unreal. And so coming back, I kept up my working out routine with my trainer because of that. So thank goodness I did. And I wasn't like eating cheeseburgers all the time and stuff, (laughs) although I was in a much more relaxed diet at the time. So yeah, there was a little bit of that. Um, but I'm also kind of a real person when it comes to that, you know, I've got two, amazing children, um, three step sons, um, and a son of my own, and then my daughter. So we kind of, you know, we like going out to eat Mexican and, and eat cheeseburgers and milkshakes and stuff. So, um, you know, I, I do enjoy that, but I, I definitely had to rein it in knowing that I was going to miss the world. So you're and, headed there in what, a month from now, basically? Yeah, it's like 48 days or something like that. Yeah, yeah. like a little bit over yeah. five weeks. What? Yeah. What is like the biggest kind of things on your checklist from now until the end of or the middle of December when you head to Vegas again? So I found my gown. I'm so excited with it. I feel like a million bucks in it. Um, I feel very much like Marilyn Monroe, my other blonde bombshell that I love. But um, yeah, I feel great in it. And so that was a huge deal. And really on my checklist, you know, I'm just getting out there and, and enjoying being Mrs. American. I'm, I'm going tomorrow to the University of South Carolina home game where I'm an alumni and I'm being honored on the field. I had the distinct honor of going to the Prisma Health Walk for Life for Breast Cancer last weekend, where I got to stand there and meet some of the most amazing survivors and uh, share my story and, and just be there with them and show them that driving after breast cancer is absolutely doable. And so those are really my checklist. Just keep, keep on my platform and, and doing the things that, that matter. And your platform, you've totally put it in out there for everybody to read about your journey. You gave it this blonde bombshell name. What's yes. when, cause, cause when I first heard about it, I remember thinking like, <laughs> blonde like that's her platform but then when I heard the story behind it it like gave me goosebumps and I, so ex- can you explain the story behind the name yeah, of your platform yeah, and your blog yeah. 
so my husband, um, since we dated, always has referred to he's always called me the blonde bombshell. Massive Marilyn Monroe fan. Um, I have blonde platinum hair. You know, I and so he always tells me that I remind him of her, which is the uh, most amazing compliment ever. I don't think I look anything like her, but the fact that he does, hey, I will take it all day long. When I was going through my cancer journey, one of the things I noticed was that. I did not have the answers to everyday things. I, I, there were, I didn't know very many people that had it, which is shocking because now that I talk to people, I know a ton of people, um, but they weren't really out there talking about it. A lot of people, you know, kind of keep it under wraps or they don't want to discuss it. And I get that. Um, but one of the things I found was that I really needed answers. Um, like what is chemo like, or what is radiation like, or should I have reconstruction? Should I opt for a lumpectomy? Should I do a double mastectomy? There were so, so many questions and I didn't want the doctors to tell me what those things were like, because honestly, they don't know. Um, I've only have met one doctor that's been through breast cancer herself. And so I wanted the real nitty gritty of it all. And so my husband said, start it yourself. Like be out there. You're so transparent about things. Talk to women about it. Don't let another woman have to find these answers the way you were so desperately looking. And so I started the Blonde Bombshell blog as a way to journal my story for myself. But then I started getting all of these women who would reach out to me. There's a chat feature on it. Women would go to it and they would reach out from France, from Germany, from Sweden. I had someone from China um, and then all over the United States. And so this is like hitting globally. This is huge for me. And um, I wanted to make sure that I was extremely transparent because we don't need to hear the ones of the people that don't really, or doctors that tell you things that, you know, you're like, okay, I don't even know what that means. So I wanted to be very, very transparent because that is really what um, those who are going through treatment are seeking. They're not seeking the answers that you get in a binder that you leave the oncologist with. So that's what started it. And um, I went out to my husband as I had my expanders in and I hadn't had the reconstruction yet. And I looked at him and I said, I need to take my platform bigger. And I want to do that by doing a pageant and I want to do Mrs. South Carolina. I have looked at those ladies for years and just thought they were so amazing. And I said, I want to do this. And he was like, go for it. So that's what I did. And that's why I took it um, where I did. And then wanted to talk so much about it on the national stage, which is why when I was out there um, and I answered the very first question, it was very much directed. I said, what do you, what do you want the, um, uh, interviewers to know the judges to know that you um, maybe not didn't get to talk about and one of the things that I didn't think I got enough time with to talk about was the importance of my platform so I used the that time to talk about that one thing I really love that you talk so much about on the blog is being okay with getting second and maybe even third opinions and I loved that part about the blog because I think so many people get that diagnosis and just think they have to trust the process. And I loved that you were so open about if you feel any type of uncomfort in any part of this process, it is okay to take that moment, even in a time crunch situation and go for that second or third opinion. And I thought that that was so transparent and beautiful that you shared that journey. And I loved reading that for so many people who I know who've gone through not just breast cancer, but other forms of cancer who were able to go through those other opinions and find 
a better or more effective treatment for them that worked better for their family or their situation. And I just loved your perspective on that. Thank you. And you know that so many people do second opinions on the, um, you know, what kind of cancer you have or um, how big it is, things like that. And, and I totally get that. A lot of people go out to MD Anderson. Um, but one of the things people don't get second opinions on is their reconstruction. And that mm-hmm. was where I was really bold on that because that's what I did. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't like it just, it wasn't some epiphany that I was like, I need to do this. It was going to these doctors that actually told me I had, a, I had one um, reconstructive guy, or I, let me rephrase, he's a plastic surgeon, because there is a very big difference between a plastic surgeon and reconstruction. And he told me that I would look reconstructed, but I should be okay with that, because at least the cancer will be gone. And I walked out of there, you know, 41 years old in tears, and my husband being deployed to the Middle East, and I'm crying, calling him going, what in the world? Like, there has to be more than this. How can this be? And he's the one that reached out um, to his, uh, he's a, he works for Ethicon, a, a medical device rep. And um, he reached out to their breast cancer, or I'm sorry, their um, breast implant line mentor. And he said, who would you take your wife to? And they told him a couple people up in the Charlotte area, because we asked for the whole Southeast. I mean, we were willing to go as far as California if we had to. And um, they said, if you back into this and you find the best plastic surgeon, you will find the best surgical oncologist because they work together hand in hand for the best results. Mm-hmm. And that's how I found Dr. Harper um, and he in Charlotte and he was phenomenal. And then Dr. Peter Turk for my surgical oncologist. And I've never looked back. I mean, he, I feel and just so confident. And it was because of that person, because of Dr. Harper and feel like myself again, in fact, a better version of myself. Can you also share with our listeners kind of what happened and how you went about being diagnosed? If there was a sign, you know, just anything that might help our listeners figure out, like, should I go see a doctor? Should I get a mammogram? I highly recommend mammograms anytime 40 and over, but I have many, many friends that have been diagnosed uh, before 40. So um, self-check is super important. I will be completely transparent. I was never a self-checker. In fact, I have very uh, dense breast tissue, so I have lumps anyway. And I just always, I mean, I have no breast cancer in my family. So I didn't, you know, it's always like, do this, I'm like that, ah, whatever. And so I never did it. And um, one day I was in the shower and um, was rinsing the soap off and sort of brushed it off my left breast. And when I did, it hurt that is rare. Breast cancer does not, they'll tell you all the time it doesn't hurt. Well, mine did. So don't Google things and be like, well, breast cancer doesn't hurt. So I don't have to worry about it. Um, if you feel a lump, if you, any of those kind of things, don't wait. I was very blessed to have a very, very, very diligent gynecologist who, when he felt something, he would send me for a diagnostic mammogram and the diagnostic mammograms would be those 3d and then the ultrasounds to just double check. And that is how I found it. I waited a month before I went um, after feeling that pain and it was my normal yearly physical. Um, he was like, nope, we're sending you for a mammogram. I went, um, it was start, COVID was just starting. Everybody was just starting to wear their mask. And um, we went for that diagnostic and that doctor came in and sat knee to knee to me and said, well, I, we want to do a biopsy. It's probably nothing. On, that was on a Friday that I did my biopsy. I still talk to my nurses and my mammographer. I mean, that is just, they are just so, so wonderful people at these places and they just have a heart for this stuff. 
And that is how I was diagnosed. I, I found out on Monday that I did have breast cancer and I had invasive lobular carcinoma. Um, it's a slow growing one, but it, by the time I had my surgery, it was a very, very large mass. So I probably had for a while and I had already had a mammogram the year before and it showed nothing. Um, so oh, wow. definitely, definitely, no matter what, I have a very dear friend that they kept telling her hers was a calcium deposit for three years and she ended up with triple negative breast cancer. So you are your best advocate. And so stay on it. And if you do, if you are diagnosed with breast cancer, do not give up. You can absolutely, absolutely thrive after breast cancer. Yeah. And I think you're a great living example of that. And where do, where can people go to read your whole journey? Because you've pretty much documented it from start to finish for people. I have, um, it's the blonde bombshell.net. It's uh, blonde is with an E. So the blonde B L O N D E bombshell.net. Um, and then I'm on Instagram. I have a, uh, the blonde bombshell Instagram. I don't update that as much as I should just because things have been so crazy but I'm also on Mrs. American Official on Instagram. And I have a really great post out there that is about what to ask your plastic surgeons um, or your surgical oncologist that um, really can help as you're going in. Um, make sure you have somebody there with you that can take notes because it is like drinking out of a fire hydrant. I mean, you have got stuff coming at you from all sides and, and you're in the shock of having cancer. We are beyond excited for you in this journey. And we know that the next few weeks are going to be full of Mrs. World Prep and everything like that. Reach out to me and say, hey, I'd love to hear from everybody. And I'm so appreciative of the podcast y'all do to, to give us all a voice and give our platform um, a, a bigger voice than it has. So thank y'all so much. Well, we will be very excited to cheer for you and Nicole and everybody else that's representing the United States at Mrs. World. And we can't wait to cover Mrs. World. But beyond that, we will be cheering you on every single step of the way. Christy, thank you so much. I can't hear you. Ah, can you hear me? Oh, there. There you are. Okay, sorry. Someone who started calling yeah. me like right whenever she left. Okay. Oh, All right. yeah, that's what Matt kept doing. I was going <gasps> to kill him. I'm like, I am. I know this is American. Kristen. Okay, I'm ready. Yes. Are you ready for our Chris's question of the week? Recently, there have been, there has been, not have been, there has been a big announcement that Elon Musk has officially purchased Twitter. How do you feel about this decision? I'm not on Twitter. Not either. <laughs> I don't, I don't have a lot of emotional stake in the game as far as who owns Twitter, Twitter, who doesn't own Twitter. It's a private company. So this whole idea of, well, if someone owns it, they might censor this or censor that. And it's like, okay, well, it's not a journalistic platform. It is a private platform. That's just really big. And so it does not matter as much to me like it would be if for some reason, you know, like the, the news gets censored or a paper or something that actually has to have some sort of journalistic integrity, then yeah. I, I'm going to feel a lot different about it. I agree. I don't personally have, I do have a Twitter account, I think out there, but I don't log, I haven't logged into it in probably like eight years. I don't use Twitter. I don't log into Twitter. I don't get my news from Twitter. So I don't care who owns it or who doesn't own it. I am not looking to Twitter for my source of news. So I don't care who owns it. I'm just like you. Well, you know who I do care owns something? 
is Who? the Pageant Buzz podcast because <gasps> we have journalistic integrity. And so you should get our pa- your pageant news from us. <laughs> okay, then. There you go. I'm here for that. Do you have any favorites of the week? I got these new, we'll just say this because I'm wearing them right now and I can't stop talking about them. I got these new, they're almost like duck boots. Okay. But they're like an off white and they have a rhine, these like little tiny rhinestones all around them. And I've gotten so many compliments on them and they look very expensive, but I guess where I got them. Target. Walmart. (gasps) No way. We'll link them in the, on the Instagram. Because they're super cute. They look expensive. I've gotten so many compliments on them. Even my bougie friend complimented them. And I didn't tell her they're from Walmart. But when she hears this, she's going to die. Because she can't stand Walmart. She thinks it's awful. But she doesn't realize how much she compliments me on my Walmart attire. Well, I'm here <laughs> for it. We'll post a link for your bougie knockoff duck boots with the rhinestones for your favorite of the week. Here is my favorite thing of the week. Are you ready? My bronze hair. It does look good. That picture I, you sent me looks so I just today um, darkened my hair to a fall bronze. Not brown. It's just a darker blonde. I'm really into it. That's my favorite thing of the week. Thank you so much to Christy Clark, Mrs. American for joining us today. You can find us at the Pageant Buzz Pod on Instagram. Be sure to give us a follow, like us on Facebook. And as Rebecca always says, don't forget to sparkle. Oh my gosh, this app is so awesome. Yeah, that's like the easiest thing ever, especially when we're trying to have a guest on. I know, we just send them the link. Easy peasy, edit it right here within the app, upload it, done. You know, and it's free. We don't have to have any kind of minimum listenership. We literally just jump on, record our podcast. We can edit it right in the app. We can send links to our guests and then we upload it. And it goes all the way out to all the different places where you can listen to podcasts. Anchor really is so easy to use. Follow us on Instagram at Pageant Buzz Pod for all things Pageant Buzz.